Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close, still short. Blaubanger. Hello and welcome to Pick and Drive Live, a special Bledisloe Cup episode before Game 1. I'm your host, Ando, from the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast, and with me is the regular Mitch, and we have a special guest tonight, Harry Dale from Draft Rugby Podcast. How are you, Harry? Very good, mate. Keen to keen to chat some footy. It's been a few weeks off for me. Well, mate, we are super glad to hear your voice again. We've missed your pod and super happy that we can get you on tonight. Mitch, how are you, mate? How you doing? Very good. Looking forward to chatting some Bledisloe. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Well, look, we are going to be covering all the news from the lead up to Bledisloe 1. So I encourage you to grab a drink, a beer or a wine in solidarity with our suspended wallabies and get involved <laughs> with your questions, comments and banter as the evening progresses. We will be addressing them live. Uh, firstly, first shout out to Sheepy. Greetings, mate. Awesome to have you here. Thanks so much for getting in first with your comments. So look... I already kind of said the starting point about some of the Wallabies who got suspended. So let's just bring up the media release that came out from the Wallabies yesterday. Um, I just want to say it was also my son's birthday. So it was great news <laughs> to have his birthday, sixth, sixth birthday. Then this news drops of three players not considered for selection. So Harry, when this dropped, what was your immediate gut reaction to hearing the news that Corumbetti, Nicerani and Famasili were not available selection? Honestly, my immediate reaction was I read Marika Corabetti and I stopped reading out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> so, so valuable for us. But fr frustrating, obviously, as a fan that we're going to lose arguably two starters and a squad member from this, uh, this, this really, really important game at Eden Park for the Wallabies that can really set up the back end of their season. Um, but, you know, I, at the same time, you've got to support what Dave Rooney's done, um, setting the standards like that at the same time. I'm, I'm very happy for him to go and make that stand early and, and really show what the team's about. Now, obviously, Pony Farmacilli was not going to be a candidate to actually start or really realistically be in a 23. Uh, did it make a significant change to the squad, Mitch, or the run on 23? I think losing Corabetti hurts. That hurts the most. Um, he was arguably our best player in the French series, so he was a guaranteed starter. I think losing Izzy Nicerani was kind of neither here nor there. He played well in the last French test, but I think he really, um, he, we, we can cover that spot quite well. We've got a few back rowers that will slot in well. I, my initial thoughts when I read this was before the, I saw the players that were named, I was like, I really hope this isn't one of our centres that we've lost or a number 10 because we're already sort of scraping the battle there to start with. Um, Quade Cooper is an example. So Corabetti... Yeah, not great not to have him. It would have been a lot easier to win at Eden Park had we had Corabetti. Um, nice, Arani, I think. we The team that they have named, we're still pretty strong. Yeah, I agree. And we'll get to that in a moment, looking through our predictions of what the match day 23 would be versus the changes that we had to put in place after the suspension of these players. Now, there is a big part of me that is wholly supportive of these of, of this action and this event. Um, I don't think it's a major issue, which is why it's only just a one match internal suspension and there's no further repercussions. And also, I love the fact that Dave Rennie's like, or the Wolby squad have just said, 
this is what happened. It wasn't a big deal, but they didn't meet the standards that we've set in place as a team. So here's a consequence that we've agreed. We're asking for higher standards and a better team culture. Harry, was that something that you really appealed to you or do you think it's a bit of a, a storm in a teacup and it should have been allowed to play? Uh, look, honestly, I'm very supportive of how they've dealt with it. Do I think it makes a difference? I'm not that sure, to be honest, in terms of big picture, how the team's going to perform. But it certainly draws a line in the sand to say, here are the standards that we're going to go and push forward with. I, I can't help but compare it to what's going on over in New Zealand where you've got Brazil, <laughs> uh, who's had to serve twice as big a, a ban, you know, also alcohol-fueled, but he punched a woman in the face and a man in the back of the head, and that got him one extra game. So... I, I feel like, you know, the All Blacks, the best team in the world, that's their standards that they're driving and uh, the example that they're trying to set. It hasn't stopped them being the best team in the world. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. I think our stance is fantastic. But uh, do I think it's going to make a big difference to the team's performance in the long term? To be honest, I'm not completely sure. Next minute, we'll see a video of Frizzell kind of sweeping out the team sheds and picking up the tape after the game or something like that. He might even walk around uh, Eden Park and just pick up some of the rubbish to make sure that, yeah, he's really showing how humble the Kiwis are and how they really have the right kind of message at heart for the team. So, And he'll give away just, a jersey or a pair of boots to some young right. fan in the crowd and it'll all be forgotten. Yep, 100%. That's how it works over in Kiwiland, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Look, okay, we've got three Aussies here. We shouldn't go too far with that. Um, but anyway, let's keep moving on. And what I would like us to do now is actually jump over to um, why don't we start with what we predicted as our match day 23. So I'll just quickly run us through these. Um, there aren't a huge amount of significant or big calls in here, maybe until you get to the bench. But we had James Slipper, Brendan Payne, Omosa, Alan Alatoa, Matt Phillip, uh, Lukan Salakayaloto, Rob Valentini, Hooper and Wilson to make up the pack. We were starting with White, although we weren't aware that his injury ended up keeping him out of this game. It seemed like he was meant to be back for this match, so that's why we included him. Noah Lolasiu, Tom Wright, obviously in for Marika Korombete, Hunter Paisami, Len Ikatao continuing their centre combination with the return of Jordan Pattaya at number 14 and Tom Banks retaining his place at 15. So, the reserves is probably where it gets a little bit contentious um, or there's more room for debate. We had Fuliti Kaitu, then Bell and Tupo rounding out the reserve front row, Darcy Swain, and then Pete Samu as the reserve loose forward. Um, so that was a replacement for Nisarani, but obviously he hasn't made it. Tate McDermott was riding the pine with Matty Tamua and Reese Hodge. Now, Harry, you weren't involved with this team selection. This was Mitch, myself, and Rev. Um, by the way, Rev can't be here tonight. He sends his best. So do you think we were smoking something nice when we were creating <laughs> this team? Or is it pretty, like, is there anything, anyone you look at and go, nah, they've got no idea what they're talking about? I mean, it's obviously very, very close to what's actually happened. So I can only assume that uh, now that this show's taken off, you guys have got direct lines to Dave Rennie, to be honest. That's my opinion. <laughs> Where you wish. Maybe we wouldn't have invited you on if we had direct call to Dave Rennie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Um, we'll just quickly jump back for a second. We have Boar Productions. Wallabies did a similar thing in 2018 with Beal and AOC drop for bringing women into a hotel room. So there is a bit of history of having strong expectations in terms of team rules and team culture. Okay. Now, why don't we shift across to the actual team which got released? I just want to say so, before we move into oh, yeah, the real yeah, team, yeah. I um I had 
controversially Quade Cooper on the bench for in my <laughs> 23. And we shouted you down. And I was very rudely shouted at over Twitter um, for that inclusion. But I, I think if Quade Cooper is going to play in this next Bledisloe three-test series, it has to be test one. Um, I don't think it's a chance for him to play test three when potentially we've got the Bledisloe on the line. Uh, I If if Dave Rennie's not choosing him for this test, I don't think we'll see him play at all this series. Surely, yeah, the counter argument, surely the counter-argument to that is the fact that he needs time to actually get up to speed and get his fitness up to speed. Like the bloke's not actually playing professional rugby. He's pretty yeah, cut, with, though. If you look at his, some of the gym, shot that he's, gym sh- shots that he's doing, he is fit, but he's not match fit. You're right. So I completely understand that. I just he's not don't match think fit, he's but he's not. Be, yeah, he's not, um, he's not, like, he's not going to win us the series. So he's going to be there in the instance of um, an injury or something if he gets a chance now. I feel like you bring him in now, the test series isn't sort of on the line. He either pulls something out of the bag and is fantastic and everyone's saying how great Rennie is for bringing him in, how good a story it is to have Quade Cooper back, and then realistically he's a chance for Bledisloe 2 and 3. Whereas if the, the game's on the line, we've won one of these next two tests, we're playing in, in uh, Perth, you bring Quade Cooper in and he goes to pieces and he's clearly not up to test level, then we've just lost a spot on the, on the 23 and we potentially lose the Bledisloe because of it. All right, I'm going to cut in here. I'm pretty sure we've had enough Quade Cooper chat already. So let's just let's help you feel a bit better about yourself. <laughs> uh, Matt is saying, yes, Mitch, highly agree, especially given a lack of experience in this team. I personally want to finish on Mitch. You get a yellow card for the Quade <laughs> comment. So let's move on now and head across to Bledisloe. Team selection, the 23 um, no major, major differences to what we had selected. I'll, I'll do a side-by-side comparison in a moment. Um, but what I might do, why don't we just jump across to the Kiwis for a second? Um, and then, Harry, I might throw a few questions about the Kiwi side to you. And was there anybody in this team that, A, you were really surprised to see, and, B, you're really worried about coming up against? Uh, let's start with B. Lots and lots of players that I'm really, really worried about coming up against. The Barrett boys bench. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think it probably shows that Bowden's going to be used off the bench to cover number ten with Geordie on the on it fullback. So I think that's that's really interesting to see that they're definitely going to use him in that role and they, as they did in their uh, their first three tests of the year as well. Um, look, the, the big question is really is probably around the front row what they do with with a couple of injuries in that front row. you got George Bauer starting who, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good prop, but is he at international level now? I, I honestly don't really think so. And Angus Tarvau on the bench as well. I think he's improved since leaving the Tars, but, geez, he's got a long way to go to catch up with the impact that we have off the bench. I honestly think Lau Lala should play as many minutes as possible because he's an absolute weapon. So Lau Lala is probably the guy there that uh, will make a big difference to their scrum. Otherwise, I think we've got a real advantage in that. So that's probably the thing that stands out for me. Isn't it a strange one that an Australian team is being touted as having an advantage in a scrum and even did throughout the French series as well? It's a really pleasing change of circumstance from the absolute nightmare that was kind of the last 15 years prior to this. Uh, So it's good. And now... Aaron Smith is going to be making his 100th cap or receiving his 100th test appearance on the weekend. So huge congratulations to him. Personally, I'm excited to see Brad Weber on the bench. I really rate him. I rate him as a player, but he's just behind one of the best players in the world, if not the best scrum half in the world. Um, Mitch, 
where do you think we can exploit any potential weakness within this All Black team? Is it going to be focusing more so on set piece or particularly scrum domination maybe in a second, maybe not domination, but advantage within the second half? Yeah, I think that's where we need to really focus and, and double down. Uh, I'm pretty confident on our uh, bench players that will come on, particularly Tupo is going to come on and have a big impact off the pine. Uh, I am worried a little bit about our second row, Swain, is a great player by all, in Super Rugby levels. Only started one test for the Wallabies, and he's only got what two tests to his name so far. Coming up against Brady Italic and Sam Whitelock is the, probably the most experienced second row combination in World Rugby at the moment. It's going to be tough to get um, to get some ball against those guys, but the backline for the All Blacks as well, very very fast, slick players. We don't have a whole lot of experience there, but I think we've got the talent to match it. But I think our advantage comes in in the forward pack and at the scrum time so if we can set a good baseline there and set a good sort of tempo and win some penalties i think that'll keep us in the game now one player that i really want to highlight that has been chosen is fraser mcwright i was pretty shocked to see his inclusion on the bench um it seems to imply they're wanting to do a bit of a pooper role in the second half <laughs> have the two out and out fetches the out and out open sides and big will is just coming in with the goods right now we need to smash yeah. the breakdown or all, all blacks have struggled every time they're pressured there so maybe we're going to see an early inclusion of mcwright within the second half um harry who would he be coming on for and how do you see that playing out with his involvement yeah it's interesting to hear you say that i i, I think logically he has to come on for for Valentini or Wilson Valentini can obviously play six or eight. I think they'll probably feel they're undersized if they played Hooper, Wilson and Fraser McWright. So I think he'll probably come on for Wilson. But I, I don't think it's out of the question if they think Valentini and, have Wilson, and Wilson have the legs that Hooper does get a break. I don't think he can continue to play 80 minutes of every single game if they're serious about the development of Fraser McWright. So... Uh, they're both small sevens. Um, I think at some at some time we're going to have to make that change. And what better opportunity than the first test of a Bledisloe where, <laughs> God forbid, we do lo lose at a stadium that we haven't won at for 35 years. We do get another crack the week after. Who becomes captain if Hooper goes off? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. James Slipper? Uh, second half. If he's on at that time. On, yeah, true. Alatoa. Uh, so I'm thinking Tanua. Two yeah, points. Matt Tamua, but you'd have to make a, a straight change, wouldn't you? And, and Matt Tamua hasn't been playing very minutes recently, so that's that's a that's a big question. I don't know. There's there's not a lot of senior leaders that you'd expect to be on the the field at the fifty minute mark, really, is there? Just get Angus Bell in there early, mate. Get yeah. Angus Bell in there. We know he's the future Waratahs and Wallabies captain. <laughs> Just blood him young. Why not? Um, so, Board Productions is saying as well, dominant tackles are going to be key like the RGs did last year in Sydney. Completely agree. And Big Will's responding in the chat to Sheepy. McWright is a weird pick, seeing as hoops can play all day, night long. So maybe they are looking for the longer term. You can't, I mean, you can keep playing Hooper every minute of every game. Do they, do they have an alternative? If we're, to playing we're talking Hooper. before... No, to to naming McGrath on the bench. So Nicerani's out. Swinton's out with an ankle injury. Who else do we have in the squad that potentially slips in over McGrath? That'd be what, what's mm. the bloke from the Rebels? Leota. Leota. Oh, yeah, Rob Leota. Actually, Wells, yeah, Wells has been released. Yep. And I don't know if I'd be bringing on Rob Leota to win us a Bledisloe at, at Eden Park. So maybe that's the reason why they've gone with McGrath because really their back row slots are, are quite low at the moment. 
Well, where, where would have been Rodder. And then you can have Wilson off, Valentini back, and then uh, Lucan across into number six. So yeah. that could have been an alternative. But either way, I'm super happy for McWright to be getting a, um, getting a cap. Fantastic. And very, very excited to see what he can bring to this stage. And so as we continue on, what I might do now is, if I was a bit more organised, I would have prepared this. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Andrew Kellaway's inclusion on the wing. So he's one of my favourites. Not only is he a- attractive and a good-looking man, but he has been, prior to the COVID shutdown in 2020, he was the leading point, uh, try scorer of the super competition at that time. Mm-hmm. And then since he's come back from Japan, he's actually shown a fair few good touches. I think he's reliable, has a good... Uh, turn a pace and the ability to create something out of nothing. So I'm really excited to see him get close to a full game, if not the full game. So yeah, uh, let's go with Mitch. Your thoughts? I think it's a great inclusion. I, I had him in my 23 to start as well. Um, outside Corabetti, though, I I think he's a great player. I also think Tom Wright, whilst also having some good tests last year, shows his form this year in the French series, sort of fell away and I wonder if that does come back to his time in rugby. He did spend a fair bit of time in league, whereas Kellaway is an out-and-out rugby player who has played for the Junior Wallabies, has played for our um, Australian schoolboys. He broke records in that competition. He's broken records in Super Rugby, as you said before. I think it's great that he's getting this chance to display his ability at this level um, and hopefully he, he really stands up and lives up to the mark. Completely agree. So what I want to shift across to now is the question of, and I'll throw this one to you, Harry, how do you expect the Wallabies to actually try and play? So we've seen a few enforced changes, maybe a couple of players who uh, have been training really well and have forced their way into the squad. How do you see the, the match actually unfolding from an Australian point of view? Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. I, I think we've started to show that we're, we're trying to get our balance right with playing some high face count and some kicking of the ball. Uh, Rennie, I think, was pretty critical after some of those French games that he thought we were still running a little bit too much. So mm-hmm. my expectation is that we do start to see that balance shift a little bit more towards a bit of a kicking game from the Waratahs. Still happy to play high phase count if we're getting continuity at the ruck. But um, I, I think looking at the back three of New Zealand as well, I don't think that they're the most solid back three that they could possibly pick under the high ball as well. So I think there's opportunity there to try and take advantage, to put the ball in behind and try and apply some pressure. And surprisingly, for the first time ever, I think we have some some solid set-piece parity, maybe not quite at line-out time, but I think slowing the ball down is a good idea against New Zealand. I think playing a bit of field position is a good idea, and then we just have to play uh, quick line speed, which... I'm, I'm not sure we ever do, to be honest, but um, I, I think that's really important against a side like New Zealand that has so many attacking threats. I think we talk about it a lot, don't we, that we want to play high line speed and pressure the opposition, but I'm not sure we ever actually uh, do it. And Stuff by Fish does say they'll need to tackle their hearts out. And I think that's one of the things that the Lions series has really brought into focus is how defensive pressure can suffocate the opposition. And it's actually incredibly effective to play without the ball a lot of the time. And unfortunately for the first two Lion games, that leads to boring rugby, which is even for people like ourselves who love our rugby and watch way too much of it and talk about it way too much. It's not that fun (laughs) to watch. So there's a part of me that wants the Wallabies to 
play smarter, to play with the contestable kicks, to play for field position and use the set piece strength that we've already spoken about. I'm just, like you were saying, Harry, I'm not confident that they are yet in the mentality of playing to those strengths yet. I still think there's a bit of the, I'm not sure if it's Aussie mentality or it's left over from Checker of just run it from anywhere. And mm. Mitch, um, your brother's jumped in and said Kellaway is going to be the first try scorer. Big Will Rugby says Big Kell's getting the Big Will tick of approval. Who are you particularly looking forward to within this game? Uh, from the Australian side, I'm really looking forward to our full pack and just seeing how we can start to build on that momentum that we set in the French series. I think it's going to be a really good test to see how they go up against the All Blacks, particularly at scrum time. We won some good penalties against the French and we're really starting to to turn the screws, particularly in the, the later half of the, the first test and the third test when Tupo came on and started to win some penalties and, and really grind the game out. So I'm looking forward, hopefully we get to see a similar performance that we are able to um, exert pressure there and put the All Blacks under pressure and get some points from it. Um, I just hope that I, I, there was a question before by Re, uh, Big Will who the ref is and I can't find it, so I don't know who's refing this game yet. Um, but hopefully they don't start pinging our, our particularly our, our props for coming in at angles and those kinds of things because if that happens, that nullifies <laughs> probably our biggest weapon. This is true. Uh, why don't we get... Oh, there we go. Sorry, Sheepy's already answered it for us. Right as I was about to click. So just joined Wino Swinton. He's injured his ankle. Thank you, Sheepy, for answering that one in the chat. And you're right, Angus. Damn, you're very, very right. <laughs> um, although I don't think he is a run on 15 who's like nailed down his spot yet. He's still very much in competition with, competition with Valentini. I think with Nasirani being gone, he would have been in 23 if he'd been available. Yeah. So that is disappointing for him. But either way, it shows that there is increasing experience and competition for spots within 23, which is not something we've always been able to say. Uh, why don't we shift across now to the All Blacks? Uh, they... <coughs> The All Blacks had a bit of a, I'm not sure if it's lackluster is the right word, but they had a bit of an easier hit out in the mid-year uh, tests against um, who they played, Tonga, Samoa, and Fiji. And for them, those matches were a bit of a walk in the park, if we just say that. Whilst the, whilst the opposition was valiant, um, they were really not the same level of competition that we faced against a very, very competitive French side. Harry, how do you think that is going to influence them or maybe not influence them in a lead up to these, this series? Yeah, look, you hope that it means that they're not prepared if the game's close, but let's be honest, it's not a young, young New Zealand team. So they've played in a lot of high pressure matches. So I don't think that's going to make a massive difference. And I'm sure the All Blacks versus All Blacks hit out midweek are going to be pretty intense as well. The Tonga game, without trying to be too disrespectful to, to Tonga, who were calling in club players to try and play, that was really an experiment for the All Blacks and an opportunity for them to try some new combinations. But the two games against Fiji, I know they didn't have all of their best players, but they're, they're still a serious side. I didn't, I don't see Australia putting that many points on that Fijian side. They showed a lot no. of good things. So I, I think that was probably a better test for the All Blacks and a, a better way for them to kind of test themselves and see where they're at. So I, I think they're going to be very well prepared regardless of that. Um, I just always think back to players like Kieran Reid, Richie McCaw, who they'd missed 12 months with an injury in their first game. They'd be man of the match. And you're just going, <laughs> what happened to Rust? Like, why, why does that not exist for New Zealand players? It makes no sense. 
And when you actually look at the New Zealand team, you look at the power of coming off their bench, as Stuff by Fish has mentioned. Uh, you've got Dane Coles, Carl Tuanuifuafe. I just mess it up. I apologize, big Carl. Uh, <laughs> Angus Tarvo, Scotty Barrett, Wick Jacobson, Weber, Barrett, Barrett. So basically, you just got three Barretts. I think, by the way, we need to ban any Barretts from ever having kids again. Um, I can't handle future generations where they have like a full 23, which has the last name Barrett. That'd be incredibly <laughs> worrying. They're on the um, way. But- They're on the way, aren't they? <laughs> so looking at that, you basically have an incredibly powerful bench coming off. And yes, we've spoken about the impact that players like Taniela Tupo and McDermott can have coming off the bench if he was coming off the bench for this game. But that's really negated with the strength of this All Blacks bench. Um, So, Mitch, how do you think that's going to go compared to the French series when we had kind of the impact in the final 20? That's going to be pretty seriously negated within this series. Yeah, I think a, a strength for our bench comes through our front row. Uh, our second row is Phillips, a good good uh, player to have on the bench, but I don't think he's going to have the impact that Scott Barrett does, particularly when he's subbing Retallick or uh, Whitelock, either of those players, arguably two of the best players in world rugby at the moment. So I, I am a little bit worried around their ability to have that impact. Um, Matt Tamua, Reese Hodge also. Hodge hasn't had a whole lot of game time. Tamua has been off this year. I do think Bowden Barrett and Geordie Barrett are going to come on firing and actually lift the tempo of the game and really start to turn some screws and change the the way the All Blacks are playing. Whereas I don't really see either Hodge or uh, Tamua being able to make a massive difference to the game. Um, one thing I will say that we spoke, we were talking about earlier about their warm-up test against Tonga and Fiji is the All Blacks actually started quite slow in both of those games and they kind of took some time to settle into it. The fact that they are the All Blacks and the second-ranked team in the world against not as equal competition meant that they were able to sort of claw the victory back and come through and score some big points towards the end of the game. But hopefully that's a trend that that leaks into this game. If the Wallabies can start strong and start firing really quickly, we might be able to get some points and and set up a good buffer, which then grind the game out could be our um, opportunity there. I think we're going to have to be really careful about trying not to play too expansive in the latter part of the second half. I'm really worried if we have to chase the game with players like Geordie, well, Bowden and Geordie coming on and then having like Reese Hodge on a wing, most likely. And as much as there is a lot about Reese Hodge that I really like, his pace on the outside is not one of them. And if he's having to defend against either of the Barretts or if McKenzie's still on and them trying to counterattack or get on the outside of him. I'm pretty worried about that one. A really important point that Big Will has brought up is that Dane Coles (laughs) is without a shadow of a doubt a grub and he is my most hated player in world rugby. Um, So I'm very happy for someone to just tackle him around the nostrils. But on that vein, Scott red card Barrett is good for a red card if it goes down to the wire. I very much hope that is the case. Um, it was wonderful in Perth when that happened and then we just ran in against the All Blacks. That was brilliant. So I'd be very happy to win with a red card. I don't mind. Give us two. Give us two. And <laughs> that's totally okay by me. Um, also agreed from Draft Rugby. Must be 
somebody you know, hey there. Um, that Nelson, gotta be Nelson, right? <laughs> gotta be Nelson. Not you chatting on your own live stream. <laughs> uh, keep it tight, like we did in the third French test. I agree. I think we are going to have to play a lot more conservatively than sometimes Wallabies have attempted to in the past. Well, here is where the what is it, the, the rubber hits the road or something like that? We are going to start talking about our predictions for the game, okay? And can I have everybody in the chat, can you start putting your predictions in as well and we'll throw them up as we go. But Mitch, what do you see the scoreline being? Noting that this is at Eden Park and that this is... <laughs> sorry, this one's <laughs> just come in. I can confirm I am Harry commenting on my own pod. <laughs> oh, wow. He's been done. I go up there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's multitasking. Well done. We should applaud that. He's been done. Um, so, Mitch, who's going to win by how much? First game at Eden Park. Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking about this all week, whether I we get to this part of the season, particularly once we've been since we've been doing this podcast, and it's very easy to sit back and, and let the head or let the heart take over and think, you know, this is going to be that year where things change, where the Wallabies, everything's going to click. We're going to get a red card or two and all of a sudden we're just going to blow, blow the All Blacks away and, you know, it's been building for so long, but then the head starts to think and go, wow, we really didn't win convincingly against that French side and I think we're going to be up against it, particularly at Eden Park, but coming up against a, an All Black team that is really going to be firing and want to retain the Bledisloe. So I don't think at the moment we've got our best team on the park. We've got some key injuries that are keeping some players off the field that we probably really would like to be falling back on. James O'Connor, Nick White, some of their experience. Probably a more settled 15 as well who probably could have the ability to break the game open a little little bit more. Um, so I'm going to have to go with the All Blacks in this one. I'll, I'll go that... I'll say that the, the game won't be too wide open. I'll say that the All Blacks are going to win it by five. You son of a bitch. That's exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. <laughs> okay, let's jump into uh, Stuff by Fish. New Zealand 28-10, so 18-point margin. Big Will has gone 33-22. Hugh Tyndall 35-15. And just to change the narrative, Tim Foster has gone Wallabies by one. What say you, Harry? Uh, I think Tom needs to, Tim, sorry, needs to stop drinking on a Thursday night, honestly. I was thinking that uh, as Mitch was answering, whenever I'm confident, I feel like I answer really quickly. And whenever I'm not confident, I start trying to like drag it out and rationalize <laughs> about how close I can make it. Look, I, I think we all backs by 12. Um, I think we need a lot to go our way to get a lead. My expectation is that with the firepower on the New Zealand bench, they're going to be the more explosive team late. We have some experience coming off. Probably, uh, probably our only answer with a lack of experience, with a lack of depth in the back line with all the injuries we have. So, uh, I think if we're not up by ten points with sixty to go, we probably lose by fifteen to twenty points. But yep. look, twelve point loss, keep it within a couple of tries. I think is is probably where where my head's at. <clears throat> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've got Draft Rugby, which is your alter ego, saying Aussies by one, which I'm sure is real. Um, <laughs> and we have for production, sorry, gents, will be New Zealand by 15. I am in the ballpark of New Zealand by eight. I just want it to be close. I want it to be competitive. 
And I want us to demonstrate a lot, a lot more maturity and just tactical nous than what I have seen before. So Hugh Tyndall, as we're kind of finishing up, I just looked at the back line and the stat is that it's at least cap since 1982 or something like that. Forwards could get parity, backs no chance. I agree. And that's why I think throughout the show and throughout some of the commentary in the build-up to this game, there's been a lot of talk about having to play more conservatively and keep it tight. Because if we try to play with that expansive um, ability, we're just going to get carved up by an experienced All Blacks team who are just better at that than we are. So we need to play to our strengths. So I think, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for tonight's show. Thank you, everybody, for being involved. It has been a load of fun. Mitch, thank you for being here. Awesome. Wouldn't miss it. Harry, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for having us. Now, where can people find you and get involved with what you are doing, mate? Yeah, at Draft Rugby on Twitter is probably where we're the most active. DraftRugby.com as well as the website. We've got the blog on there. We've got the uh, Super Rugby Fantasy Sports up there as well where we provide detailed stats and and, uh, and obviously our own fantasy game, which has been developing over the last few years. So we're across all platforms, but they're probably where we're most active. Absolutely wonderful. And hit us up on Twitter at pick underscore drive rugby, Facebook and Instagram. Easily find us and watch out for the pod, which will be up on Monday at 6 a.m. reviewing match one. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful night, wonderful week and can the wallabies. Bye.